Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, before we get into the episode, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Paragons of Earth, the exciting new superhero comic I'm working on with Thomas DJ and Eric Johns. For this comic, we've unearthed a number of obscure and forgotten Golden Age superheroes plucked them from the depths of the public domain, and completely redesigned and reinvented them for the modern day. It's an exciting cast of characters, and we're throwing them up against the threat of a Lovecraftian apocalypse. It's got action, it's got drama, it's got alternate dimensions and alien worlds, and it's even got a giant shark in a Hawaiian shirt. What else could you want? But in order to make this comic a reality, we need your help. The comic is crowdfunding now, and you can help support it by going to crowdfunder.com slash paragonscomic. That's crowdfunder, without the E, dot com, slash Paragon's Comic. You'll be able to find that link in the show notes, so please double check if you didn't quite get it. Please help make this comic a reality. We are counting on your support. And now, on with the show. I think we got more than enough back freaks in Gotham already. I mean, sheesh, what's next? Bat hound? Come on, boy. You know, I've been thinking about getting a dog. He could help us sniff out clues. Bruce Wayne here. Bruce, it's Barbara. Hey, Barb. She misses you. How's college? Not bad. Though the nightlife here can't compare with kicking butt as Batgirl. But spring break will be coming up soon, and I'll be back in Gotham for two whole weeks. Won't that be nice? Yes. We'll all be happy to see you. Don't drag me into this. Anyway, that's not the reason I called. I just saw the news, and I was wondering if you'd gotten a new partner. Someone a little... older? I have no idea who she is. Because if you had, I'd be really upset. Because I thought you and I were... You know. Uh, Barb, we're going through the East Tunnel now. Afraid signal's breaking up. Talk later. Squeaked through again, didn't you? I never failed to marvel at your narrow escape, sir. One female bat at a time. Welcome to the Superhero Cinephiles Podcast. I'm your host, Perry Constantine, and I'm welcoming back a returning guest, and that is Kanisha Liu. Kanisha, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Perry? I'm good. It's it's uh it's been a minute and it's been a while since we had you on the show. So why don't you take a minute and remind the listeners about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I kind of grew up around comic books. My brother was super into DC mostly, but I've kind of grown up around just like comic books in general. And uh yeah, so I think I think that was my first entryway into it. Um, I remember like some of my earliest memories was just like going to the comic book store with my brother and getting that, you know, like fat stack and walking out and having fun. And, um, so yeah, I think that's kind of the entry for me. Um, it has been a little bit difficult to be a DC fan in the last couple years. So, you know, I think I've definitely fallen off, but it's always really great coming back here and kind of remembering why I loved comics in the first place and what really drew me to it. And for me specifically, like I may be influenced by my brother, but I, I love DC. I love Batman in particular. And um, last time I was here, we talked about the Batwoman comic. And so like, those are just like characters that I've always really loved. And like, they kind of set the standard for the shows and the main characters that I gravitate towards. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about me. 
Okay, great. Uh, I was kind of surprised to hear you say that you, uh, you've you been disappointed with uh, DC in recent years. I'm a little bit behind in my DC stuff. The most recent thing I've read is um, the uh, uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson's uh, Warworld arc in the in the Superman books, and I I thought the I thought what they were doing in the Superman stuff has been uh, amazing, but I am admittedly very behind on. I haven't even opened up Dark Crisis or anything like that yet. Oh, well, I think I was more talking towards, like, generally DC fan for the mainstream audience, so, like, the movies. Oh, I so. see, I see. I thought you were yeah. talking more on the comic side. No. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, yeah, the movies Speaking have been... to the masses. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm very excited about what James Gunn has coming down the pike, though. Uh, that I... I, I... I you're, you're, you're more skeptical on that? No, I'm not. Well, you know, I, I'm intrigued. Like, mm. I think... It'll be interesting because I feel like him and like Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot and like, you know, like I feel like that relationship is a little bit, you know, I see. I think he's like promised them some stuff and then they both got cut, um, if I remember correctly. So I'm kind of curious, but I like what he has planned. And I really like the last like Suicide Squad movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything he's put out lately, like Harley Quinn, that wasn't him, I guess. But, you know, DC movies lately have been pretty good. I haven't seen Blue Beetle. Yeah, um, I still have to. I've got it, but I haven't actually watched it yet. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is on the up and up, but I think it's just like it's like that like fatigue, and there's mm-hmm. just like so much. I guess right now maybe it's like Marvel that it's is getting mm-hmm. a little bit hard to be a fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think it'll be interesting. I'm excited to see what James Gunn does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm everything i've heard so far about superman legacy sounds sounds amazing um mm-hmm. uh and i was an authority fan way back in when that was in the in the comics back in the early late 90s early 2000s so i'm really excited that he's going to be doing and he's going to be bringing the authority to the movies mm-hmm. um and yeah it's going to be interesting although i i do echo the the cavill and godot things i was i was kind of disappointed because it seems like i feel like if you're going to you should either do like, you know, just do a complete reboot or retool things and, you know, give Henry Cavill an actual chance to to play Superman instead of, you know, the weird morose version that he's been forced to play up until now. Yeah. I am curious. Did you watch the Flash movie? And I, I like want to know what yeah, you think about that. Yeah, I watched that. In fact, we got, um, we got an episode um, about that that I've got scheduled to record, I think, later this month. Um, oh. Uh, I thought Michael Keaton was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I really like Supergirl. I thought she was good too. Yeah. 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 Her costume design, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, that's with the exception of the the Flash design in Justice League, I thought all the costumes and, you know, Ben Affleck's Batman suits in in the Flash, I thought all the costume designs for the DCEU have been pretty spot on. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. I'm just glad with like the variation they went on Supergirl. I didn't want the mm. skirt. I think that's kind yeah, of where yeah. I'm, yeah. No, yeah. I thought it was a nice way of like updating it. Um, I really like what they did in Injustice, how they inverted the colors of the, of the, the, the shield where, uh-huh. you know, Superman's got, it's the red S and the yellow background. Whereas mm. in Injustice, they inverted it for Supergirl. So it was, it was a yellow S and a red background instead. Mm. I thought that was like a, just like a nice little twist on the, on the classic design to kind of differentiate her a little bit more. Yeah, no, that's cool. I don't think I even really noticed that. <laughs> that was something that I noticed. I think it was when I was reading the comics is when the that first jumped out to me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I thought her design was great. Uh, I liked the like red shoulder accents. Um, yeah. So I, and, um, and as I recall, she didn't have like any boots. It was just straight blue all the way down, right? Hmm. I think. I'm not even sure. But I think so. But whatever yeah. it was, I thought the design worked pretty well. And... Yeah, that's that's one of the biggest downsides of that movie is that, you know, we also won't get to see, you know, any more of her because I don't think there's been any talks about her being in the Woman of Tomorrow movie. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think they were thinking about it, but then they weren't super happy with how the Flash did. Yeah, yeah. Which, Which, well, the biggest thing about that is I'm very disappointed about the that now they said, well, we're not going to do Batman Beyond yet when Michael Keaton was the thing everybody loved about the Flash anyway. Yeah, it's yeah, a little sad. <laughs> but um, but anyway, uh, although we are ta- here to talk about uh, a different movie. So last time you were on the main yes. show, we did talk about um, uh, the 
I think it was it was the Teen Titans. The Teen Titans. Yeah, the Judas yeah, contract. The Judas yeah. contract. Um, so this time we're talking about another animated movie. And, uh, you know, it was funny. I was when I was watching this movie last night and uh, Mystery of the Batwoman is the one we're talking about, the 2003 animated film. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of wondered if maybe you when you had uh, asked to come on for this, if maybe you'd gotten this one mixed up with Bad Blood because you're more of a fan of the more modern Batwoman, which this version is not. <laughs> No, I, yeah, it is funny. Like, I feel like we do keep on talking about like that woman. Mm-hmm. No, I, I just really love this film because when I was a kid and I went to the dentist, <laughs> really random, but this movie would be playing and like, there's just something super nostalgic about it. At that time, I didn't even know who Batwoman was. Mm-hmm. And then when I rewatched it, at first I was like, is Kathy Duquesne like a play on like Kathy Kane or like mm-hmm. Kate Kane? But it's actually spelled completely different, so it's not. But um, yeah, I, I, I will warn you, like I was watching this with my roommate and like turns out I'm super biased. Like, <laughs> he had some criticisms that like I like flew over my head because mm-hmm. for me, this is just like a super nostalgic film. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I just think that it's like very true to like, what I see all the characters as. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what I love about it. And like, I don't know, like it's got some like noir aspects to it that I really love. Like the theme song in general is just like, I don't know. It's very Batman, but it's like very, I don't know, like classy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just, I just really like this film. Yeah. Um, So were you a, were you a fan of the Batman animated series and the DCAU and all that stuff back in the day? Yeah, I would say that was like my main, like the main medium that I watched because my brother didn't want me to bend his comics. So he, (laughs) I had to like, I rarely were able to read them. But yeah, so I would say the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and like, um, that that was probably the main show that I watched as a kid because Batman was a little bit before me. But yeah, I do Mm -hmm. really like that show. I love all of the stuff that they did. I'm a really big fan of the animated shows or animated movies, which is Probably the reason why, like, I always mm-hmm. choose those instead of the live action. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I mean, I, I got a few years on you. So I was definitely into the, <laughs> uh, the animated series, Batman, the animated series. Like, that came out when I was, you know, probably, like, in nine, I think, when that first started coming out. And that was, like, yeah. the, the summer of Batman. Because that came out, like, the... It came out like the fall after Batman Returns was released in in theaters. So that was like uh-huh. my big that was my Batmania summer was the summer before of ninety two. Um, yeah, I was like I had like everything Batman. I had the Batman bed sheets, the pajamas, the toys, all that kind of stuff. So I was totally into Batman at that point, in large part because of the the Burton films, and then the the animated series came out, and that just kind of like you know deepened my love of of the character and you know, to this yeah. day is still probably like my ideal version of that character. Um, yeah. And I still maintain like the best Batman movie ever made is mask of the phantasm. I think that was just mm-hmm. flawless movie in every single aspect. Um, and then when this came out, so this came out in 2003, I was in university at the time, but I don't think I, I don't think this movie was actually on my radar at all when it first came out. I think it just, in fact, as I recall, it wasn't until like, you know, probably like five or six years after it came out when I finally sat down and watched it. I think I got it from like a used DVD store or something. And oh. um, first thing I noticed about it was obviously the um, the the Batman Beyond influenced uh, costume that Batwoman was wearing. And and I had these vague memories of the Batwoman character from the um, the the Silver Age, these Silver Age comics that I'd read at the library with. And, you know. <laughs> If, if you listen to the Patreon show that we did talking about Batwoman, we talked a little bit about, about that character and just like how she was introduced to be this love interest of Batman because DC yeah, was terrified. Everybody thought, yeah, <laughs> that Batman and Robin gay. were gay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is hilarious. It is. Yeah. Um, now what you said of how, uh, you know, the Kathy Duquesne name, I think that was intentional. I, I think that that's oh. too, it's not spelled the same, but I think the pronunciation yeah. is so close that it can't not be intentional. Mm, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's weird because her design is like, she looks like Selena Kyle. Yeah, like, yeah. Bruce, you have a type. Like, 
<laughs> yeah. Very similar. You know, I think one of the things this movie does well, like I'm probably not as critical of it as your roommate, but I'm also, but I do have some criticisms of it too. Like right. I think in terms of the, the high bar that the DCAU set with, you know, Batman and justice league, and of course the movies like Master of the Phantasm, their animated films didn't always reach that same bar. Like, you know, there was the Superman mm. Brainiac Attacks movie, which used all the same designs, but was still not in the same continuity. It was really strange. Um, and then you had this one, which was very much in the same continuity, but it just, it did not, it felt like something was missing from it compared to like the other stuff. Yeah, like one of the criticisms that my roommate pointed out was like the there wasn't like it didn't really build up very much like tension, I guess, because mm. they you couldn't really figure it out along the movie. They kind of just tell you who it is right mm. away because he was like guessing along the, the whole time. It's like, oh, like, I think it's this person. I think it's this person, mm -hmm. which is really fun for me to watch. Um, and I, I agree with that, you know, and I think like as a kid, it's not really something I thought about. But like now looking back, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's pretty true. And then another criticism that he had was like, there weren't that many fight scenes, mm -hmm. which is pretty true. There are fight scenes, but they're not. I wouldn't say that's like the main reason to watch the film. No, I think I think first and foremost, this is really a, a mystery film. Like you said, you know, it's got a lot of noir influences. Like Kathy Duquesne very much comes off as a, a femme fatale type in a lot of ways. And I think the mm -hmm. the the similarity to Selena is also well, because the, I, mean, I can't remember if, cause I remember the original animated version of Selena actually had, was a blonde. She had long blonde hair because they're basing it off of Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, but then I think in the, when they did the new, the new Batman adventures, I know they changed like her design. I'm not sure if they gave her bl black hair in that or not though. Um, oh, but uh, cause yeah, I think the short, the Selena with short black hair is more of a recent development. I think maybe it mm. happened around this time in the comics. Um, mm. No, I'm not. Maybe they were intentionally drawing that parallel to Selena because they're to kind of show that why Bruce is attracted to her and she's got that whole you know wild side thing to her that 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 Selena has as well. But one of the things I really liked about the movie though was was actually the the mystery aspect. I thought that because you know one of my biggest everybody loves. Um, the the comic book hush right the and one of my biggest criticisms of that is the 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 mystery of who hush is because you introduce this long lost friend of bruce wayne who's never been seen before now and he ends up being the villain like of course of course it's gonna be that guy right that yeah. just that that always annoyed me about that comic book series um and i thought what this movie does is it, it, it plays around with it. So it introduces three potential Batwomen and it leads mm -hmm. you towards Kathy right from the start, right? Just, just again, the name, Kathy Duquesne, it's going to make you, if you're included in the Batman comics, you're like, oh yeah. Yeah. She, Kathy Kane was the Batwoman in, in, in the comic book. So this one is probably, Kathy Duquesne is probably going to be in, in, in this movie. And the, yeah. you know, the whole tragic backstory thing with her, um, with her mother dying and all that. Um, so you do it. The movie does lead you heavily to believe it's her, uh, but then it throws in some red herrings with um, uh, with Rocky and with Sonia. And then I think what they did pretty well was it's no, it's not one of them. It's all three of them together. <laughs> yeah, I do agree. I think that was a really fun twist. And like when like watching my roommate figure that out, or I guess he just like. He was kind of like going like, oh, no, I think it's this person. And then he'd be like, no, it's got to be the metal where she throws mm. the metal bit that, yeah, that was like developed during that Wayne conference. He was like, oh, like, you know, it's definitely Rocky. Um, mm. So I did really like those aspects. And then when he figured out that it was all three of them, I thought that was really fun to kind of see his reaction. Um, I do wish that they kind of played up like, I don't know, Bruce looking into it more, but I, I mm. get it. It's a little, it's a, it's a movie. It's short and stuff. Yeah. And I feel like with the time that they had, they were able to flesh out all the characters like pretty well, all of the three introductory characters, mm -hmm. the um, three Batwomen, which I thought was really, really good. Um, so yeah, like I, I do like that aspect of it. Um, and I think they did a really good job of like balancing that screen time with the new characters and the old. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, no, I think that was done really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I also like, I was, you know, I didn't remember 
and rewatching it last night, I was kind of surprised at how much Robin there was in this movie because I did not remember that from the last time I saw it. Granted, it was like 10 years ago last time I saw it, but still. Um, yeah. That was kind of uh, surprising to see how active he was. And I did like that they had kind of aged him up a little bit. So like his voice a little bit deeper, his, um, you know, he is, he's taller now that compared to when he was in the animated series. So it's clearly there's been some passage of time. So I thought yeah. that was a nice touch too. Although it does raise a continuity issue with um, Return of the Joker when the flashback scenes in that. <laughs> yeah. We just glossed over that part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think they, and I think there have been different, cause I was reading two different articles about this, like one on Wikipedia, one on one of the, the DC fandom Wiki, wikis and the Wikipedia one says this is set after Return of the Joker. The the DC fan one says it's set before Return of the Joker. So I don't think even anyone really knows exactly where this is supposed to fall in continuity. Yeah, I was gonna I was thinking like I was kind of confused as to where it was, and then there isn't that many clues. I guess that one clue is like the whole thing with Barbara. They did touch on that in the animated show, right? Like where they kind of have, she has that crush on him. So like. I, I got a rant about that in a minute. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think they really thought it through that much. But that aside, it's not really like. I don't know. I guess it's not that important because a lot of the characters don't show up again, but it, yeah, it, it mm -hmm. does raise a little bit of a continuity issue, especially since he starts that romance and then you never see her again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now here, here's my rant. Like the biggest thing I hate about this movie is the way that it depicts Bruce because he just, he comes off as such a creeper in this movie. <laughs> I mean, he's got this whole thing with Barbara. First off, you know, she's, she's young enough. She's the same age as his adopted son. Yeah. And she used to be dating his adopted son, right? She, her and Dick used to have a thing in the old, in the animated series. So this whole, ups, Bruce, and I, I know Bruce Tim wasn't directly involved with this, but just this whole obsession that Bruce Tim has with Bruce and Barbara together, it drives me insane every time it comes up. You know, that when they mentioned that in Batman Beyond, the first time I remember watching that, I'm like, wait. Did she just say that her and Bruce were involved? Like, no, 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 I must be misinterpreting it or something. And then, and then you watch this and you're like, oh no, no, he meant that. And then, and then, and then, you know, then we got the killing joke movie, which just was the, probably the even uh, worst thing that they did to Barbara since the actual killing joke comic book was that movie was it just like it, it was so degrading to her character and it just drove me insane to see it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think like part of the reason I like this film is because it is like, it reminds me of the time where like, I don't know, all the animated shows I felt like were doing really great. And mm. like, Batman and Barbara at the time like watching it I was just giving him the benefit of the doubt because he is like he doesn't seem like super interested he's like oh like you know right. like we're breaking up when they're on the phone um so I think like that was the time where I didn't know that Bruce Tim had that weird obsession but it's a little bit you can't really deny especially after that killing joke movie yeah um and it's also just a random thing to like add into the film like why even add that in yeah I don't know. I don't love it either. Yeah. Well, because the thing that annoys me so much is, first off, Barbara's calling him from college. I mean, come on, yeah. dude. You're like, you're like 40. What are you doing? <laughs> um, and all the characters are like, okay with it. Like they all yeah. just like tease him about it. They're like, oh, Bruce. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand. Tim, I get, I get Tim T. He's a teenage, he's a teenage guy. So I get that. It's like, you know, you're a teenage guy and you see, you know, you know, a 40 year old guy, you know, um, with a college girl, you might think, man, that guy's still got it after all these years. So I can understand mm. Tim's reaction, but Alfred, like Alfred just, I'm just like, Alfred's the one who should be reading Bruce the Riot Act there. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, he's usually the one who's supposed to keep him in line. Yeah. I don't know. And that was a really weird part. It was so cringy, especially when she's talking about, she's like, well, I'll be able to come, you know, back from college soon for a few, for about two weeks. Won't that be fun? I'm just like, oh my God, this is, I mean, the way she's talking, it seems like she believes they're still in a relationship and he wants to break up with her, but he just hasn't told her yet. 
and then he starts this relationship with Kathy. So it's just like, it adds another creep factor on top of that. I mean, like, you're still technically with Barbara. It's, even though you plan to break up with her, it's still cheating on her, regardless of how creepy the relationship is in the first place. Yeah, there's definitely that subtext. And she even, like, mentions, like, oh, like, I hear there's a new Batwoman in town. Like, she's a little bit older. Like, are you leaving me for her? And mm. then it, and then it happens, so... Yeah, exactly the way. And she's teasing him like, you know, she's like, I know you're not. So I'm just teasing you. But then he does it. I'm just like, come on. (laughs) I know. I get you. It's so weird. It's so weird. That that was the biggest thing that drove me nuts in that movie. And yeah, the when I watched when they had introduced that stuff about Barbara and Bruce and Batman Beyond and, you know, also in, you know, the animated series when she has that dream, when she imagines him like, you know, and he imagines kissing him and all that. I got that the, my whole idea of the context of that was, okay, she just has a crush on him as all it was. And then she stuck around with him after Dick left because, you know, she had this crush on him, but it was never reciprocated. And then this makes it clear that it was reciprocated. And I'm just like, that's just, it just ruins everything about that. Yeah. Like, I think it would make sense too, right? Cause like, she's always really looked up to him. That's why Mm -hmm. she kind of took on that mantle. Um, I feel like maybe it's just the optimist in me, but I feel like the film, like maybe you could say like, it's just like a unrequited crush. There is definitely subtext there, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I think I'm just like very different. I think you're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're reaching there personally. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they added that. Um, now we had a, a change from the, um, uh, in some of the voice casting, because in the in the original one, the animated series, you had a different actor doing the voice of the Penguin. Here they brought David Ogden Steers in, whereas in the original one, it was... Um, I can't remember exactly who he was, but I'm, uh, I just blanked on the name. But um, I, I thought Ogden Steers did a pretty good job as Penguin in this. What did you think of him? Yeah, no, I thought, honestly, like, all of the the voice acting was solid. I mean, there's some people who are always going to be solid, like Kevin Conroy, for example, mm. is never going to miss a beat. Um, but, like, Kelly Ripa as, like, Rocky, a yeah. little random for me. But I thought she did a really good job, and I didn't recognize her at, at all. So I thought that the voice acting all around was, like, really solid. I didn't think I had any any complaints around it i feel like they're always pretty solid around voice acting though like i don't think they ever really go wrong there no no yeah i mean this this whole run of movies or even like even most of the ones after the the dcau ended mostly solid choices they've had i mean a few ones here and there that didn't quite match up uh recently we recorded an episode on the red hood and you know uh john dimaggio as as the joker and that just is one that does not fit at all but but those few ones aside, mostly they've managed to get really good actors to to do these voices. And um, yeah, Ke- Kelly Ripa, that surprised me when I saw her name in the credits. I was not, ex- I did not recognize her either. Or the fact yeah. that Kira Sedgwick did the Batwoman voice. I didn't realize that either. Yeah, I know. I feel like they do a good job of like bringing in like pretty big names. Like you bring up mm-hmm. Under the Red Hood. Is that the one where um, Jensen Eccles was playing the... Uh... Jason Todd. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Jason Todd. Yeah. 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 Like he did a great job there. Like, I feel like, yeah, they were really solid there. And now he's doing, um, you know, Batman in uh, long Halloween, which was perfect. Yeah. He's really ventured into the comic book like realm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you watch the boys, but he, Oh really yes. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I love the boys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, he did, um, he did a Batman. Did you ever see his Batman cosplay? No, oh, I didn't know you, he did Batman cosplay. When we're done recording, go look it up. It's it looks amazing. Like I mean, really? I mean, honestly, I'm I'm thinking that you know James Gunn should cast him as Batman as the as the Batman in uh, Brave and the Bold. I mean, he's age appropriate now to have you know a son like Damien, so it'd be a perfect time for that. That would be amazing. I just feel like the transition from TV to movie is just so hard. I don't know yeah, if they would. Yeah. Like I feel like so many people were upset about Grant Gustin not being chosen. Well, I mean, he's a little skinny, in my opinion, but yeah. Yeah, but especially compared to what we got with Ezra Miller, too. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, I would yeah. have uh, I would have taken uh, John Wesley Ship <laughs> playing an older Flash in that movie than, uh, than, uh, than Ezra Miller. Some people really like 
Ezra Miller as the Flash. I don't really see it. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, some people really like Donald Trump, so there's no accounting for taste. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's very fair. That's very fair. Um, but yeah, I thought um, getting Kara Sedgwick uh, to do the Batwoman voice was also a clever way of misdirection because now you don't know which of the voice actors, because none of the voice actresses, you know, they they don't sound like Kira Sedgwick. So you're, you're, mm-hmm. you can't go just by like, the voice actress to figure out the mystery. So I thought that was a, that was a smart way to of do that too, was get a different actress to do the voice of Batwoman to throw people off the trail even more. Yeah. And I was pretty surprised to find out it was Kira. Like, I don't really know her work beyond knowing that she's married to Kevin Bacon and that she was in Brooklyn mm-hmm. Nine-Nine to be fair. <laughs> but like, she's got like a really nice, like, deeper a little bit of a deeper register and like Mm -hmm. i think like she has a little bit of like a i don't know it's like classy which i think kind of matches that noir theme that i think fit really well so yeah i know i totally agree there Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um and you know i think another thing i didn't quite like was the use of bane in this i think bane i've been really annoyed with almost every iteration of bane in um in other media, probably with the exception of the Arkham games, because it seems like they're always underplaying his intelligence and they're always just using him as a henchman. Yeah. it. I feel like nobody knows that Bane is supposed to be really smart. Mm-hmm. Like he's just typically the muscle. I was confused. Cause like, did Bane die? <laughs> like that was kind of crazy. I didn't really fully remember that. Oh uh, yeah. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. (laughs) He just like falls into the pit of fire. Yeah. But you know, that's happened so many times in this. Like we did the, um, the world's finest one a while back with, um, the Superman Batman team up. And in that, you know, it seems like he blows up in the air airship. Right. And you know, when Batman and Harley Quinn are in the parachute going to safety, you know, she screams pudding. And then, you know, Batman says at this point, he probably is. (laughs) I guess that's fair, true. They say, like, you know, if you don't see a body in a comic, then... First rule of comics, yeah. You don't see a body, they're not always dead. And even if you do see a body, it's still up for negotiation. That's true. What did they say? Like, the only people who stay dead are, like, Uncle Ben and Gwen Stacy, but it's not even true about Gwen Stacy anymore. Well, yeah. So it was originally the only people who stay dead in comics are... It was like like a list, right? It was Uncle Ben stays dead, um, Gwen Stacy, uh, Bruce Wayne's parents uh Bucky and Jason Todd. And you know, they brought back Jason Todd, they brought back Bucky, they brought back a version of Gwen Stacy, right? She's an alternate reality mm-hmm. one, and they brought back a version of um uh Thomas Wayne. So <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ben's next. Uncle Ben's next. Yeah, Uncle Ben's the only Uncle, Uncle the Ben's so far is the only movie. one who had, who stayed dead pretty much. <laughs> yeah. He'll be in the next Spider-Man film. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, in general, what did you think about the, um, the Bruce and Kathy relationship though? Like the, the weird stuff with Barbara aside, like, what did you think of how they developed that aspect of it? Yeah, I couldn't shake the Selena Kyle thing. Like they do mention, like, is it Selena Kyle at the start? And then obviously at the end, they have that Selena Kyle short and it's like about how Bruce, I mean, it seemingly does enjoy the excitement of, like, chasing somebody. So I thought that was really interesting. Like, I think it makes a lot of sense that he's, like, attracted to that quality of her. And I, I honestly, if they leaned in on into that on purpose, like, I, I would, like, I would like that because I think it makes a lot of sense for him. Um, and I feel like they did a good job of, like, um, developing it like he was obviously very interested in following her at the start because he wanted to find out who Batwoman was but like ended up having a really good time and I thought there was a lot of like fun moments along their little romance like particularly with the little bodyguards I thought that was a little fun um so yeah no I I thought it was good I I actually liked it and I kind of wish that she had another appearance or like kind of got to learn more about her yeah, it. you know what it's funny is when I'm thinking about this, like hearing you say that just made me mentally compare this to Mask the Phantasm. In both of those, we've got this um, this female vigilante who starts, who's more ruthless. So it does seem like it's, it's taken a lot of notes from Mask the Phantasm, whereas I think it drew a much firmer line. I think, I think they're, they're, they're willing to 
go a lot further in like Bruce's condemnation of Andrea in that. And then you had the whole thing where she literally gets consumed by vengeance in the end. Um, whereas this one, it didn't quite go that same route, right? It's like she, mm -hmm. he almost kind of like, you know, I feel like that it's kind of a missed opportunity with them going off at the end. I feel like that didn't quite fit to the, with the type of story they're trying to tell here. Um, but other than that, I thought that the, the way that they set her up and the way that they, um, they play up their romance. And yeah, I think the Selena parallels are obvious, right. Or also you can compare it to with, with Talia, like the whole, you know, you know, adventurous type that he's, he's got this, um, he's got this, he's drawn to. I think those are, it's true in both of those cases, I think. Yeah. And I also think like Bruce kind of understands wanting to like cross that line. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, I guess the way I saw it was like, I think he kind of just, I, I feel like he's always kind of drawn to characters like that because he understands it. And like for mm -hmm. him, he would never want to cross that line because he doesn't think he'll come back. But I don't know. Like, I think that that's why he's kind of forgiving of characters or drawn to those characters. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like it was pretty in line with who he is. Mm -hmm. okay. I think it also kind of makes sense that they went off into the sunset because she doesn't know who he is. Oh, that's so a good point too. Down yeah. the line there, yeah. <laughs> knowing that it's Bruce. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I'd forgotten about that aspect of it. Yeah, that's that's a difference too. Like they, she she knows that he's Batman in in Mask of the Phantasm, so mm -hmm. that's yeah. another difference from it. Um, yeah, I mean, this was the like the last DCAU movie we ever got, so we never even had an opportunity to um, have her come back as uh, as Batwoman. Um, but I think mostly what I liked was just that that trio and the way they set it up and they all have different motivations for doing it. And also they bring, they each bring something different to the table too. I thought that was a, a really cool way of handling it. Cause it shows that, you know, in a way it's kind of critical of the overall Batman mythos. Cause it's like, look, this, this shit is not easy. You can't just do it by yourself. It takes a lot of work to get yeah. this stuff set up. And I kind of like that yeah. they, they did that. Cause it, in a way, it it's part like you know maybe kind of like a meta criticism of the the Batman story, but also in universe it works too to show just like how hard it is to be Batman and the fact that it takes these three people in order to equal one Batman. Yeah, yeah, and I also feel like they do a really good job of like representing like like female characters. I mm -hmm. feel like lately, especially in live action films, it gets a little bit cliche the way they try to like have girl power but I felt like you know one of the common tropes with like female heroines is like they'll like be like super stoic and like show up the male character at the expense of like the male character which is like never good for both parties so I, I'm like I think one thing that I, I really liked was that they were like they showed that all of those characters are badasses but like mm -hmm you know they respect batman like i think one scene was like he was talking about a gun that they uh confiscated from the or they found at the crime scene and he was like oh like i think he said something like it'll shoot at like 200 feet or something and she corrects him and she says 500 but then she like adds it's because she measured the mag or whatever mm. and so like that makes sense to me it's like it's not just because she's just like crazy intelligent and gonna be better than batman off the start so i like that well, also too, I think that, um, and I think I think it, it it it's very similar to what what Red Hood did was that um, it's it's finding a way to to question that whole should Batman cross that line should Batman kill without doing it in the very annoying cliche way you always see happen in, in fandom when it's always like well Batman should kill the Joker and it's like yeah I've, I've heard that debate a thousand times it, it, you're not to bring anything new to it instead show me it show me that debate in a different way like you know I, I feel like the the best scene in Under the Red Hood is when um, Jason confronts Bruce and he says like I don't want he's like I'm not, yeah. I didn't come back because I I I, I want revenge against you. I don't hate you. I forgave you a long time ago. I can't understand why you're letting him live after he took me away from you. Like it was just such an emotional yeah. gut punch of a scene. And um, you get a bit of that in this too, it, where you find this, you know, this questioning of Batman's methods because yeah, you've got these, <clears throat> these three crime bosses who are trying to sell weapons to Kaznia and cause a, and cause a war. And, and you know this life that uh, 
Duquesne's father was involved in ended up getting her mother killed. So um, there, there does get to be a point when you're like, when is enough enough? And so I mm -hmm. think that they, they did a pretty good job of uh, having that debate out in the course of this movie. Yeah. I kind of wish they touched on it at the end, like mm -hmm. a little bit more for sure. Um, I definitely think that's part of what makes Batman unique is that he never crosses that line. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's like part of it is like for him specifically, he can't come back or he doesn't think he can. But then, you know, I do like, like they, yeah, they touched on it a little bit when Sonya's talking about how like when she's a cop, she, she knows there's a line, but when she's got the mask on, she just doesn't even see the line, which I thought mm. was really interesting. Um, but like the reason why I thought that was also interesting was because for her, you know, like the mask is Batwoman. So like when it comes off, she's fine. But like, you know, they always say like Bruce Wayne is the mask. And so mm -hmm. that I think it's a little bit different for him. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, it's also because she's also able to differentiate herself uh, a step beyond Bruce's because, you know, she's sharing that mask with two other people. True. So that's another aspect of it, too, that I thought um, was pretty interesting. Uh, and to, you mentioned the bodyguards, and that reminded me of probably one of my favorite moments in this movie when he, when Batman goes into Kathy's <laughs> room and he's investigating, and the guard comes in, and he just sees Batman, and Batman just stands there and looks at him and narrows his eyes, and the crook just turns around, walks away, and the other guy comes in and says, like, what's going on? He's like, nothing, nothing. <laughs> That is probably the smartest henchman <laughs> ever. Yes, in Gotham City history. Yeah, he's the. He's just like, look, I am not gonna mess with Batman. Yeah, no, I thought that was really fun. Like that was, I think that's kind of like what I'm talking about with like some of the little moments in the film. Mm -hmm. I think they just do a really good job of like adding in the humor, but like knowing who the characters are and like keep staying true to them. Like the henchmen were really great. Um, like elements of humor during that chase scene when they're in the mall like they're being silly like one of them's trying on hats and mm. and i thought that was a really fun little chase scene there when they're trying to like get them and and they're just way out of the league so yeah no i i, I really like those little elements that's why i was kind of grateful that they kept some of the involvement of like the bat family like alfred and, mm. and tim to a minimum but like had those lines be really quality because i thought that basically everything tim said was like either like very endearing or, or really funny. So mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that scene when, um, when, uh, when Rocky is showing Tim, like the, how to access the secret level in the video game. It, it's also a nice way of, you know, showing a little bit more about her character and also showing her intelligence. But, and we also get like a light, nice little, you know, beat from, from Tim there when, when he's like, you know, Alfred's going to be, you know, impressed that you, I was going to be upset that you've been waiting all that for like 30 minutes for you to come down. Yeah. Yeah. Rocky gives me a lot of like Felicity smoke vibes. Yeah. But um, I think she's done in the, she's done in the right amount of moderation. I think Felicity started to, she started to grate on me in the later seasons when her involvement became so much more in the show. Um, same. I had the same problem with Chloe and Smallville too. Like, I think it's that type of character. You got to, you got to dole it out just a little bit. You, you can't go too much with it because I think then it, it becomes overpowering. Yeah. It goes from like cute to a little annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I'm glad they, they gave us just the right amount of that kind of enthusiasm and, and, yeah. and you know, little, you know, I guess snarkiness that, but not going too far. Yeah. I also really like how different, all three of them are mm -hmm. and like how like well they work together like kind of back to what you were talking about about like it is really hard to be batman you need like three completely different types of people to be able to be batman um but i thought that was a really good like representation of like female characters because mm. you know they're all different types of people um so i thought that was really really well done something else that was kind of surprising about it was just the overall design uh, of Sonya because she, you know, in, in the original animated series, when it was still on Fox, they had uh, um, Renee Montoya was dressing almost all the time in a police uniform. But when she was in, um, when they did the new Batman adventures, she was, you know, wearing pretty much the exact same outfit that, that Sonya wears. And also, you know, yeah. Sonya also seems to be a Latina as well. So yeah, that very similar design. It made me wonder if they had originally wanted 
meant that role to be for Renee, but then they decided, then they felt that maybe they didn't want to, to go that far with that character. Yeah, no, I did. I did see that as well. It's kind of hard to say, because I feel like, especially with Bruce Timm's design, like you kind of just switch the hair color out. Yeah. And it's a new character. Well, that reminds me of, that reminds me of something else too, that um, the, you know, the line when he says that, you know, you all, you have similar body type to Batwoman. I'm like, well, in the DCAU, <laughs> all of them have a similar body type. They've all got the exact same uh, model shit. Yeah, no, that's a really, that's a very fair point. <laughs> yeah, they're all like super blocky for the men and then like mm-hmm. super like tiny for the women. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, but even like the men have a little bit more diversity in body types. Like you've got like, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, Batman like and Superman, Alfred too, or uh, yeah. but um, but even like the adult men, like you know, the Flash and and Nightwing, they're much slimmer. Um, whereas the women almost all <laughs> have that same like you know triangle torso. Yeah, that's super true. <laughs> and it's not a that's knock a on that art. I love that art style actually, but it's just it, it is it is something you notice after you've watched a lot of these these shows, like. If, if you would put the, a lot of these, um, if you'd watch a lot of these movies in black and white, you might have trouble telling telling some of the <laughs> female characters apart. Oh, for sure. I mean, to me, she also kind of looks like Hawkgirl without the mask. Oh my God, you're right. Absolutely. Yes, I I yeah. not even realized that. But yes, 100%. And, you know, like you said, Kathy obviously has that similarity to Selena Kyle. Rocky, in a way, you know, she kind of resembles Harley Quinn without the, when she's in her, when she's not wearing the makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely all kind of have somebody that they look like. <laughs> um, so we're, I don't think we had a whole lot to say because this is a short movie. And um, like all the, the DC animated movies, they're all like, you know, just about an hour and change or, or so. So there's not a whole lot of um, room to, to explore a lot of the stuff in depth. But was there anything else that kind of stood out to you with this movie? Anything else you wanted to mention? I do really like Kathy's relationship with her dad. Mm-hmm. Like that was kind of something that I was thinking about. Like, I think they just do a good job of making sure none of the characters come off as annoying. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, like the fact that in the end, like, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of like really sweet moments, right? Like, like when Rocky's boyfriend was trying to push her away and then um, when they're in the prison and she's visiting him and, and he knows that she's doing something dangerous. But in the end, like, I thought it was really nice that Batman helped get him out and then they have that sweet moment and kind of similar. Like I thought the whole relationship with Kathy and her dad was like really sweet. Mm. Um, Like her backstory kind of reminds me of Huntress and like, you know, Huntress, I really like Huntress, but she's so angry. And so Mm. like, I I don't know, it's nice to kind of see like the inverse of that, like, you know, having a happy ending there. So I thought that was really nice. I think that's, the only thing I kind of wanted to add there. No, I thought I noticed the Huntress similarity as well. I think, um, and I wonder if maybe that was kind of part of the 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 one of the driving ideas behind this movie because you know during the No Man's Land story in the comics, Huntress did become Batgirl for a brief period. So mm-hmm. I wonder if that was kind of the idea of going with it, and but then they decided to use Batwoman instead. Um, yeah, and. Uh, but yeah, the Huntress angle, and I think that they do, I think you're right, they do some better ways of handling this than they do with, with Huntress a lot of the time. You know, I also like Huntress too, but but yeah, you're right. She can lean a little bit too much into the just, you know, I'm always angry stereotype of, uh, yeah. um, but also the, um, just like her, her antagonism for Batman, whereas here it's, you know, it's much more of uh, a respect for Batman, I think. So, so that aspect of it, I think, was handled much better here. Yeah, definitely. Was there anything you wanted to mention around like the little feature at the end, the chase me? No, feature? see, I, I remember you mentioned this and I'm guessing, did you watch this on, on Max? Oh yeah. Did you not see it? On yours? No, I didn't. I've got, I actually have this movie on, on, uh, on DVD. So I watched it in oh. my, uh, through my Plex library. So the chase. You still me have sh- a DVD player? Oh no, it's, I don't have a DVD player. I have the DVDs, but I put them all on. Oh, I put them all on a hard drive and I run it through right. my uh, Plex server. So. Oh, um, oh right. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm keeping physical media alive because <laughs> you know, especially now that Max is pulling stuff left, right, and center, <laughs> realizing it's time yeah. to you know keep Stock stuff up. keep stuff in my own library. Um, right. And so, uh, so I got this you know a while back ago, and 
the chase me feature was like a special feature on the DVD, but it wasn't like part of the main movie. Whereas I guess on max, they tacked it mm. on at the end. Um, yeah. so, so I didn't watch chase me again. I've seen it before, but it's been a long time since I saw it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like pretty simple. I, I think they always, I really love when DC does shorts. Um, but yeah, like it's basically Bruce is at a party and he's bored and all these women are coming up to him cause he's Bruce Wayne and he, he gets away because there's the bat signal and then Selena Kyle's, um, up to no good. And so they're kind of just chasing them around town. She brings them into a zoo and then they have this romantic moment that she gets caught by the police. So it's like pretty, it's very Batman, Catwoman, um, but I, I really I really appreciate like the little shorts there. I think um, I like how they let like the characters and the music and, and the animation do most of the heavy lifting. Like I don't think it needed any dialogue. So it's just a fun little feature. I wonder if that was at all inspired by the the scene at the beginning of the long Halloween comic, because you have Bruce and Selena where they're dancing at the, at the wedding. And then later on when he's Batman, he encounters Catwoman and they go on and he chases her through Gotham. So, so it's, and it's kind of like paralleling the dance they had at the, at the wedding too. Um, obviously they didn't have the, the dance between them in their civilian identities in this, but I always loved that scene in the comic when they did that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they have great moments. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a fan of their, their coupling. Oh yeah. Same here. Same here. Um, but, uh, but how did you feel that that, how did you feel with that being connected to this movie? Like in the same feature, did it feel like a disconnect from the movie itself? Or did you think that it kind of fit as like a, as like an ending for this? Yeah, no, I I thought it worked pretty well. I think like in terms of like, like the themes of it, it, I think it matches very well because it's like, obviously there's a lot of like parallels that we've talked about between the two women and also just like the music and like kind of the one thing I don't like is I don't like the Catwoman design. Yeah. (laughs) And and, yeah, that will always kind of, it it just like takes me out of it for a little bit because I'm like, why is her face white? Mm -hmm. It just doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't work. But other than that, like the styling around it was really, really nice. Um, And so, no, I I thought it fit really well. It just, like, made me question whether or not Kathy's supposed to resemble, like, the relationship. But, you know, other than that, I thought it fit really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd have to double check to see what um, um, her model sheet was in the new Batman Adventures. Um, But I think, I'm not sure, I think she may have still been, I don't, I I do remember that in the original one she was, she uh, she was blonde, but I can't remember if if they even showed her with her mask off in the new Batman Adventures. Yeah, I don't recall either. I think I'm just so used to the iconic like short hair. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like that's become like the the yeah that's become like the pinnacle Catwoman design ever since that came out. I think that was, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that Darwin Cook who designed that? Hmm, I don't know. I think it might have been. I'm not sure. Um, either way, like it's it's been a, it's a design that I've loved. It totally works with her, you know, incorporating the cat persona, but still keeping the keeping in mind that she's a thief and you know making it to be much more of a functional design as opposed to you know you know skin tight leotard. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah. It's like all uh, this long hair flowing about. Like, how does that yeah. work when you're fighting? <laughs> that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention about this is uh, what do you think about this film's legacy? Cause I think it's kind of been, you know, kind of been forgotten to history. I think maybe it, yeah, it, it got a little bit, I think it's, it's kind of been overshadowed by the fact that they had a very different Batwoman when they introduced in the comics uh, a few years after this. Um, and also the fact that it had been a few years since the, the DCAU was done by the time this came out. Yeah, that's why I was so excited. I'm also kind of curious, like, why that was on your list. Because I think, is that, like, the list of movies that you want to talk about? No, it's just, it's the list of movies that I own. (laughs) Oh, okay, never mind then. I thought it was, like, a list of movies that you wanted to talk about. So that was kind of, like, really surprising me. Because I agree. Like, I don't think people will really remember this film at all. Um, Actually, I got a a correction. Because this actually did not... This wasn't the end of it. This came out in, uh, so this movie came out in 2003, but Justice League Unlimited ran from 2004 to 2006. Oh, oh, like end of the 
Yeah. So, so yeah. So Justice League Unlimited was the, was the end of this. So I thought I, for some reason, I thought this movie came out after the DCAU had finished. Maybe just because I saw it so many years after. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really, the continuity doesn't, it's not very clear. So Mm, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know, as far as legacy, I think it's hard. It's, it's a good film, but you know, there's so many other films that will overshadow it. Like, for example, like Bat- Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's like darker and deeper. And so like that film, I think that film's definitely going to have a legacy. This one, I think it's also like the fact that it uses a lot of new characters that never come back. So I think it's going to be a little bit hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the the villain is kind of forgettable in its role like you know bane is barely in mm-hmm. the film and penguin doesn't do too too much so yeah yeah i th- that's why like i for me this film is like something that i kind of like to hold close it's like a little secret yeah because most people don't know about it um but i would be really surprised if anybody else really knew this film yeah it's it it, it, it was very much overshadowed and i think it's um I don't know. It's weird because I think it's, it, you know, it's definitely not as good as Master of the Phantasm, like like I said, but I think yeah. the, the other Batman animated film that was released in this continuity was, um, you know, Sub-Zero, the Batman and Mr. Freeze one from 98, which um, honestly, I think this one's a lot better than Sub-Zero. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen that one. Okay. Um, yeah, it came out, it was originally supposed to be a tie-in to uh, Batman and Robin, but when Batman and Robin bombed, they pushed the release date back a year to kind of distance itself a little bit. Oh, I see. But it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was decent. Like it wasn't, uh, it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I think compared to, to this movie, it, this movie's definitely better than that one was. Yeah. But like, they don't, they didn't really capitalize on this film. You know, it's not like they brought back Batwoman along with this film or like, right it wasn't like they were trying to introduce the character. So I think that's another thing that, that kind of hurts the film, but I do kind of miss having those one-off adventures that don't always have to align to the main story. Cause I think mm. it allows creators to have a little bit more creativity. Like, like you, we were talking about, it's so creative to have three Batwoman instead of one. And like, yeah. I don't think that they would really have a story like that released today. So I, mm. that that's something that I also really appreciate. Yeah. Well, I think too, they had the, they had the freedom of the fact that nobody had done really anything with Batwoman in a long time at that mm. point. So, so they weren't, they weren't stepping on anybody's toes. They weren't going to be offending anyone by, by not adhering to some comics version of her, because most people at that time regarded the original Batwoman as being, you know, just kind of like, you know, a ridiculous character anyway so yeah so it gave them a little bit more freedom to experiment whereas if this had come out after kate kane was introduced i don't think it would have flown at all that's a really good point and maybe that's why people like you know they're a little bit afraid to kind of step outside of the box right now because mm-hmm. there are so many strong opinions um so yeah i don't know that's a good point um but yeah it's it's um it's an enjoyable film like you know, it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but thank you for coming to, to talk about it. Thanks for requesting it. And uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm on Instagram as Kanisha underscore Rose. So K-E-N-I-S-H-A underscore Rose. Um, and yeah, that's basically where I'm at. And I really appreciate being on the show again. It's always really fun. Um I love talking about comics. I love talking about Batman. So well, yeah, we got to have you back on again. So let's not make it another few years before you come back next time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, But anyway, uh, that does it for us too. We are at superherocinephiles.com is the website, super cinema pod on uh, Instagram and blue sky technically also on Twitter, but I kind of stay away from there because Elon Musk is a psychopath. So (laughs) Um, (laughs) mostly you'll be seeing me on blue sky or on Instagram. Um, and also, I've got a comic book that is, uh, sh- by the time we're recording, and by the time you guys hear this, it will maybe be out, or maybe be close to being out, but you can uh, find out more about that by going to crowdfunder.com slash paragonscomic. That's crowdfunder without the e dot com slash paragonscomic. Um, links to that are in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. 
Thanks for listening to the Superhero Cinephiles podcast. Superhero Cinephiles is produced by me, Percival Constantine, with the support of Zencaster. The show is created by myself and the late, great Derek Ferguson, our host Emeritus. Visit us on the web at SuperheroCinephiles.com to listen to past episodes or find out how you can be a guest yourself. Support the show by visiting our advertiser links or click the Buy Me a Coffee link on the website to make a one-time donation. You can also support us by visiting crowdfunder.com slash paragonscomic. That's crowdfunder with no E dot com slash paragonscomic and help support my superhero comic book, Paragons of Earth. We are Super Cinema Pod on both Instagram and Blue Sky, so please be sure to follow us. We'd also appreciate if you could rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and share us with your friends. Thank you for listening. And as always, good night, good evening, God bless.